greetings in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, the Lord be with your spirit. Thank you so much for joining me here on the University of God for this divine lecture. And I pray that your heart is ready to receive this message from God because we need to hear the word of God in the midst of our heart. It's only then that the word can become effective, can bring peace to our heart, can bring wisdom, can bring revelation to our heart. And that is what we need as we navigate this life as believers in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought about the storm that you see around us, the storms of nature? I can even hear the wind now outside. I don't know if you can hear. The wind seems to be so loud. The force of a storm cannot be seen, but its effects are so visible to us. We cannot see the wind, but we can see the effect. We can see how it makes the tree shake. We cannot see the wind, but we can hear how it howls through the forests. Why is it then that when we face the storms of life, we seem so carried away by the visible effects and ignore the unseen force behind it? What did Jesus say to Nicodemus in that book of John 3, verse 8? Let's read together. John 3, verse 8. Take your Bible. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We cannot see the spirit world with our eyes, but its effect can be seen on our heart, can be seen on our health, can be seen on our mind, can be seen on our emotions, can be seen in our very being. Yes, the spirit world is real. Just because you cannot see it with your physical eyes does not mean that it does not exist. In the storm that we face in life, I mean the storms of life, do you find yourself shaking with the storm? Because it's often when the storm is howling all around us that we actually appreciate value and realize the reality of the root that anchors us. What do I mean? If you see a tree shaking in the wind, if the root is strong and goes deep down into the ground, that tree will not fall. It may shake, but it will not fall. Why? Because of the root which is unseen on the surface of the ground. In the same way, this makes me reflect that as believers, the very root of our life is not seen with our physical eyes. I mean, that root can be below the surface of our life. And it's only when that root is firm and steady that we will not shake when life storms blow around us. Do you value the reality of the root that anchors you? In times of storm, that's when you see the reality of that root that root which is unseen on the surface of your life. If you find yourself shaking in the storm of life, then we need to ask ourselves that question. What is the root of our faith? Let's go to God's word. God's word is the answer. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, let's read together. Let's read the book of Hebrews 11. We all know this verse. What is the root of our faith? Well, the Bible tells us clearly that the root is unseen. Yes, let's go together to Hebrews 11 from verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, let's go to verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The Bible has said it all. If in creating the world God had relied only on what was seen, he would have had nothing to build on. Yet it was the word of God which is unseen that created all the visible world that we see around us. Faith deals with what is unseen. Faith links us to the invisible. 
In order for us to have faith in Jesus, we cannot concentrate on what is seen. We cannot focus only on what is seen. If our faith is based only on what is seen, it lacks the quality of being stable. Ask yourself, if you're to base your life, your faith, your hope on what is seen, we would soon get discouraged and fall into despair. Because problems arise when feelings and emotions change. When our situation around us changes, many of us are tempted to fall into despair, are tempted to get depressed, are tempted to get worried, anxious, to take our focus off Jesus. So if we were to base our faith, our life, our hope on these things that are seen only, we would lose hope and we would fall into despair. Let's see what the psalmist said about this. Open your Bible to the book of Psalm. Yes, the book of Psalms 27. Let's go to verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't know about you, but that's definitely my testimony. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Look at that order there. Believe first, then see. What keeps us from despairing is not what we see, but what we believe. What keeps us from losing hope is not what we see, but what we believe. What gives us the strength to endure when in the world we see no hope and encouragement is only what we believe. And what we believe as children of God is unseen. This is what people of the world cannot understand. This is why we can be happy, whereas there's nothing on the outside to be happy about. Why? Because the source of our faith, the source of our joy, the source of our hope, the source of our very life is not based on what is seen in this world. What is the challenge you're facing today? I'm sure it's not far from the battle that we face with our senses. Because we're ruled by the senses so often, we demand to see first before believing. We demand to see proof, we demand to feel, we demand to know things before we can believe, before we can put our faith and trust. The world says you should see first then believe, but the Bible reverses the order. Yes, the Word of God reverses the order. Let me take you to one example of that. Let's open the Bible to the book of John 11 and let's see what happened. We know the story of Mary and Martha who were in despair because their brother had died. And Jesus didn't come when they wanted him to come. Jesus did not come at the time that they were expecting him to come. Jesus did not fulfill their natural wishes and their natural timing. Let's take it from verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Hmm. We know what happens next. Jesus took away the stone and Lazarus came forth. I want to take you to the confession of Martha. If you go back a few verses, Martha had even said in verse 27, she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. She confessed that she believed. But when Jesus said, roll away the stone, Jesus had already told her that her brother would rise again, would resurrect. But when Jesus said to her, roll away the stone, what did she say? Instantly she said, no, the smell will be so great because he's been there for four days dead. This means that she did not really believe the word of Jesus. She was focusing on what was seen, which was the dead body. She was not focusing on what was unseen, which was the resurrected body. 
What did Jesus say to her? Let's read again that, that verse 40. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? That is Jesus' message to you today. That is Jesus' word to your heart today. If you would believe, you would see the goodness, you would see the glory of God in your life, in your situation. What are you facing today? Martha was faced with a terrible situation, the death of her most loved brother. It looked impossible for the situation to be overcome by the word of God. But when your situation points you to death, God's word points you to life. And the word of Jesus brought her brother to life. But she had a role to play. She had to believe. And Jesus said, if you believe, you will see the goodness of God. Look at the order again. Believe first, then see. That is why the Bible says as believers, we should walk by faith, not by sight. This is difficult for us to do because we're in a, such a visual generation. We're in a, a generation where all we know of secular knowledge is through what we hear, what we see, what we feel, what we touch. All of these are physical doors that lead to the brain. This body is a laboratory where we learn all that we know of secular knowledge. That means the battle we fight every day is with our senses. Are you still demanding to see before believing? Is the voice of doubt governing your heart? Is the voice of unbelief governing your mind? It's the unrenewed mind that wages war with unbelief because there are two natures in us. Do you know that? There are two natures in us. The old nature, which is governed by the senses, which is governed only by what we see with our physical eyes, what we hear with our ears, what the situation looks like. And the new nature, which is renewed in the knowledge of him who created you, the creative essence of the word of God, renews the new nature. Now, what is the new nature? The new nature is governed by the spirit. That means in order to win, to overcome this battle that we fight with our senses, the spirit has to govern the senses. The spirit has to govern what is seen because the spirit is greater than the visible reality. Yes, the real thing about you is your spirit. That is why as believers, we have to base our faith on what is not seen with our natural eye. Take heart from this story of Martha and her brother that came back to life through the word of God. This word of God has converting power. This word of God has purifying power. This word of God has transforming power. If you pay attention to it, if you believe that this is God speaking to you, truly God is speaking to you. Where do we believe? Our heart. That is the seat of our belief. That is the seat of our faith. We find faith deep within our spirit. There is no reason for faith as good as God's word. So don't start looking around you for faith. It's surprising what faith people have in wrong things. That's why many of us, we say, our faith is down. If our body is sick, our faith is sick. If we're facing challenges, our faith is facing challenges. No, our faith should not shake. If the root of our faith is the word of God, our faith should be based on Jesus Christ. That means whatever storm is shaking around you, whatever winds are howling around you, whatever trees are, are shaking around you, if the root is strong and deep into Jesus, you will not fall. You will remain steady. You'll walk steady in this unsteady world. What is unseen in the world is the plan of God for your life. Many times when things happen different to our expectations, I mean, things happen not how we would like them to happen. I mean, things can happen in a way that we feel maybe unfair. We begin to question, why this, why that? Some of us may be even tempted to say, has God made a mistake? 
The greatest temptation is to take our focus off what is unseen and focus only on what is seen. It's so quick for us to conclude that the hand of God is not in our situation. But as children of God, there is an unseen hand in the affair of men. As a child of God, there is an unseen hand in your situation, in your life. That is the hand of God. That is the finger of God. You might not see the hand with your physical eyes, but you can see the effect in your life. You have to believe the word of God. You have to believe that the word of God is true for your life. Look at the case of Moses and the Israelites when God descended on the mountain to speak to them. They did not see God's face, but they heard his voice. They saw what he'd written on the tablets of stone. They heard his word, and it's that word today that's still guiding us. Look at the case of King Josiah in the Old Testament. When during his reign, they'd even lost all hope. They'd forgotten about the promises of God. They'd forgotten the miracles of God in generations past. They'd forgotten the commandments of God. But when the book of the law was discovered, when the book of the law was read aloud, when the book of the law was believed as the living word of God, change came. Redemption came. Transformation came. This word of God is true. Do you believe it? Do you really believe in the reality of God? When you believe in the reality of God, you will see his reality in your life, in your walking, in your talking, in your situation around you. What's the prophetic message that God gave us for this year? Remember the message that Racine gave? Time to believe. Yes, this year, 2024, is time to believe. If we say we are Christians, if we say we are believers in Jesus Christ, let us believe. It's time to believe that what he says matters. Let's look at that book of 2 Kings. We remember, you know the story between Elisha and Elisha's servant. When he was so panic-stricken and worried and anxious and full of fear because he saw the chariots, the forces, the instruments of war of the enemy. But what did Elisha say to him? If God could open your eyes to see, your spiritual eyes to see that those that are with us, fighting for us, protecting us, are more than the forces of the adversary. What are you facing today? Are you facing challenges in your health, challenges in your finances, challenges in your life, challenges in your career, challenges in your marriage, challenges in your relationships, challenges in your family, challenges in your heart? It's time for you to focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen. And what is unseen as a child of God? Angels unspeakably more numerous. God infinitely more powerful. That is what is seen with the eye of your faith. When we take our focus off what is seen and put it on what is unseen, that is when our faith is strong because our faith is based on Jesus. And what did Jesus say? This world may pass away, but my words will never pass away. That is the promise that Jesus has given us. Now you might say, Jesus, I can't see Jesus with my physical eyes. Let me even tell you that during his earthly ministry, when, when people walked and talked with him, when they could touch him, when they could hear his voice audibly, when they could see his face visibly, when they heard him preaching and teaching in the temple, so many did not believe because they saw him in the natural. So many times the Pharisees asked Jesus, what sign will you give us so that we can believe? That means they were relating faith to the visible. That's a temptation that many of us still face today. Are we still looking for another sign, another prophecy, another vision, another witness, another sign from heaven? 
What are we looking for so that we can believe that this word of God is true? How did Jesus answer the Pharisees? Jesus answered them. He said, no sign will be given to you, you unbelieving generation, except the sign that has already been given to you, the sign of Jonah. What does that mean? Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was in the depths of the earth for three days. After that, he resurrected. That is the greatest sign. Jesus is the object of our faith. It's time to focus on Jesus. Don't focus on, on anything or anyone that's pointing you to Jesus. They're just a signpost pointing you to Jesus. Focus on Jesus because that is the greatest and only sign that has been given to you. But Jesus hides himself from our senses so that we have to seek him by faith. In the time of his earthly ministry, many, even seeing, experiencing his miracles, did not repent and therefore did not receive the kingdom of God in their hearts. So many of us today, when we focus on the natural, if we do not examine the state of our heart and believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose again and lives in power for you and me, if you don't believe that with your heart, there's no way you can be saved. That is the sign of Jonah. That is the only sign that is given to you and me. Jesus' resurrection. By his resurrection, he's demonstrated that he's worthy of being the object of our faith. That is the sign that has been given to us. But how can we see that sign? Only by faith. What did Jesus say to Thomas in that book of John, John 20? Thomas, we know him as Doubting Thomas, because he wanted to see the wounds in Jesus' hands before he believed. He wanted to see evidence that Jesus was who he says he was. You might say, well, fair enough. He wanted to see evidence. Me too today, I want to see evidence. I must see evidence. Hmm. What did Jesus say? Let's see how Jesus answered Thomas in that book of John. John 20, verse 29. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. That's what Jesus says to you and me today. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. That's a blessing of Jesus for your life. Do you accept it? You see, the Bible is full of so many blessings. The Bible is full of so many promises, but you have to believe them. If you pay attention to God, God is who he says he is. God has what he says he has, and God can do what he says he can do. Do you pay attention to God? Do you believe God's word is true for your life? Or are you like Elisha's servant? On the outside, you say you're a believer, you're a Christian. Maybe you're waving hands in worship. Maybe you're, you're going to church. Maybe you're fasting and praying. Maybe you're trying to read and understand the word. But inside, you're filled with fear, with panic, with tension, with pressure. Hear the voice of God to you. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. I want to tell you today that the reality is found only in Christ. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 2 verse 17 which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. That means the reality is in Christ. The reality of your life, the reality of your faith, must only be anchored in Christ. So if you realize today that in the storm of your life, you find yourself shaking, if you realize today that your faith is wavering, that your focus is lost, that your hope is dwindling, it's time to find faith at the cross of Jesus Christ, because the reality is found only in Christ Jesus. Love overcame 
at the cross. Humility overcame at the cross. Forgiveness overcame at the cross. Faithfulness overcame at the cross of Christ. Wherever you are right now, you can say this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me if my faith has been based on other things. Lord Jesus, thank you that you prayed for me that my faith will not fail. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you have already said in your word that we should walk by faith and not by sight, that we should focus on what is unseen, not what is seen. Forgive me, Lord, that I've been focusing only on what is seen, that I've been allowing myself to get distracted, that I've not been focusing on your word. Give me a hearing heart to believe your word and to receive your word in the midst of my heart, in Jesus' name. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you have given me the greatest sign to believe that you are the Son of God. Strengthen my faith in you alone, in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe as you've prayed that prayer, that prayer can be a soul-saving and life-changing prayer. It's time to reset our focus on Jesus alone. If that root of your faith is anchored on Christ, it will anchor you to the reality of God. Thank you for joining me in this lecture today, all about the anchor of our soul, the reality of God. And I pray that God will bless you in the midst of whatever situation you are right now, as you continue to focus only on Him. So whatever storm in your life, whatever wind in your life, focus on Jesus. He is the anchor of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.